Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest is an assistant coach with the University of Yukon men's basketball team, Tony Vesaturo. We talk hoops, we talk skill training, we talk IQ. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the show, Tony Vesaturo. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm living the dream. How are you? Um, I'm well, man. I am really, really blessed right now. So, hey, Tone, let me uh, let me just break this down. So, um, let's talk some hoops. How about that? Let's do it. That's All what right. we're here for. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, um. Let's talk, how, how did you grow up? I mean, I, I know that you were a football player and a baller, but let's give our listeners an insight to Mr. Vesaturo. Uh, well, you know, grew up in the Northeast, Italian family. You can't tell from the last name, so that's a, there's a start. Uh, my dad, big-time referee in the area. He did all, he was like almost a major league umpire. Um, for baseball, he big time football and basketball official. So I was always around sports growing up. Just loved it, man. It was just like everything to me. I played every sport you could imagine, soccer, lacrosse, everything. So I found my niche. I uh, fell in love with football and basketball. And, you know, it was kind of one of those things. Uh, my dad also owns a company, and he works his butt off. So I saw what it was like to grind. And uh, it was kind of an escape for us to kind of just have, you know, bond. And I just... I loved it, and uh, you know, I'd see my dad go to my games and, and so forth. So just kind of was an easy escape for me and any, you know, just like everyone that plays sports, like they realize it's like a, it's therapeutic, man. Like good, bad, whatever you got going on in your life, it's so good to just get out there and all that put away. So, um, you know, ups and downs of life like everybody and just was able to have sports to relate for it. Best friends come from sports and everything, so just – it's been my whole life. It's been my background, and it just—I was like, ever since I was a kid, I was like, man, I just am gonna find a way to make a career doing this, and here I am. Right. Okay. But like, when you went to college, you you played college sports, right? Yes. And you so, played, uh, but you played football. Yeah, I played football. So I played football. I was just, you know, I was better at football than I was basketball. So I had, you know, scholarship opportunities to play football, and, and I went up to. Chicago and I did that at Aurora University for a year and, and you know I was like yeah this wasn't for me um I talked to the basketball coach there and I had you know stated my interests which is you know a really big thing for me in life is being able to like state your intentions I should say and I was like hey you know I want to coach one day and just be around and learn from you and he was like absolutely so I just started like volunteering as an assistant there and and uh, I fell in love with the process man and I was like you know I want, if I want to get to where I want to go, I need to put my stuff, you know, around a big time program and those kinds of things. So, um, this was, this, I was, I had already been, this is my third year in college at this point. Um, you know, I had worked camps every summer leading up to that point. So I had some connections at colleges locally back in Connecticut, went back home, kept working my camps, just grinding, man. And, uh, just networking and people kind of pointed me in the direction to be a student manager at a division one school. And, and that's how I got involved with UCF. And from there, man, once you get your foot in the door, what you do with that opportunity you know right because you because you were um you were coaching or help coaching like from like 2012 to 2016 am i am i correct 
That is very, yeah, that's Okay, correct. so how, how was it being at U, UCF and having sanctions in 2013? I mean, how was that? Um, it was tough, but it was also good. It's, it's really good to be exposed to a little bit of everything. Right. So, um, what, you know, I, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, you know, I wouldn't tr- change what I had at all. Um, you know, we had a really good year. I mean, I'm sorry. We had a really good team that year. We were still in Conference USA. So it wasn't the best conference, but our team was like 21 and 10, I believe. And, like, if, you know, and that's with the players knowing that there was no postseason. So I feel like things could have been differently. But, you know, I was able to see kind of you know what to do and what not to do mm-hmm. um, and kind of learn the ropes and kind of just it, it's a unique experience man you know i've been fired in college athletics not me you know personally but when a staff gets fired you kind of all let get let go and that's a weird feeling like i've had so many ups and downs at a young age and i just kind of feel like that's that's good it just kind of helps you sh- shape you man absolutely I, I think that's amazing that you started so young and then what i what i find the true beauty in 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 your story is that you were at a school that had sanctions and so that's why i was like well how does that feel what's the morale like in the locker room um knowing that there isn't a playoff season afterwards um what are what are coaches saying what are players saying and then to go to 2014 you guys make the tournament granted you guys lose in the first round but you, you know you go to the tournament which is still a great accomplishment i mean how was that like how how was the whole part with the sanctions like taking yourself outside of the box and watching players talk about it coaches talk about it seeing that morale drop and then seeing how the team just just go and change and and then make the tourney the next year how, how, how was that so okay so touching on the sanctions and everything you know kids you know college they're 18 to 22 like most of them right so they don't really see the big picture but once they get there and they have the seniors and and the upperclassmen they kind of like preach it to them it's like hey man this experience goes a lot quicker than you think like and everyone knows but everyone's been to high school been to college whatever it may be like those things fly by right so whether you have a year where you can't play in the postseason or those kinds of things and you're 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 faced with challenges like that in life. It's just like anything else. It's adversity, man. It hits you in the mouth. Like, how are you going to respond? Yeah. You know what I mean? So these kids, they all knew that, you know, everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to play for something. But they can do something special, right? So by right. doing something special, it doesn't need to be – it didn't need to be that year. So our kind of thing was, you know, our best player was a senior. He was, like, one of the best players in UCF history, Keith Clanton, uh, unbelievable dude. And he just had this positive mindset, and he showed up every single day with the approach to work and get better. Like, he didn't care. He was just like, hey, man, this is my last year of college basketball. Like, I'm going to go out and have the best year I can, you know, whether we can make the tournament or not, and, and just, you know, enjoy the process. And I think that when you have a guy like that who's bought into your vision and what you're trying to do and everything else kind of follows because – you're a freshman, a sophomore, and you're kind of man. You're kind of like, man, you know, screw this. Like, you know, what are we playing for? But how are you going to look at the guy that's a senior? Like, this is his last year, and he doesn't even show that, you know, any kind of emotion negatively in that light. So that's a huge thing, man. Your leadership, from like a coaching standpoint, player standpoint, like if you can be a leader, if, if you know, you can change the other twelve people, fifteen people, whatever it may be in your team, your organization. Uh, just by bringing it every day, man, just being an everyday guy. 
And, you know, as coaches, from a coach's standpoint, being on, like, you know, that side of being on the staff and things, like, obviously our job is to keep those kids with the right mindset. So, you know, just every day, just finding ways to motivate them and and, and just keeping them positive and, you know, bringing outside influences in and whatever it may be, um, you know, to keep them up and just just showing how invested you are in people, man. And, And if you capture somebody's heart, it's a wrap from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I get you, man. I mean, like you said, enjoying the process. I literally hashtag that, talk about that in my program uh, to all my coaches. You know that. It's like, it's one of those things, like I'm dealing with youth athletics right now in basketball, and it's all, all these parents keep talking about are, well, my kid needs more games. My kid needs more games. I mean, I I got a kid that, you know, his parents got him playing on 10s, 11s, and 12U. And I'm just like, even the director, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? It, it's about the process. It's not about all the games. It really right. isn't. It's the process. What gets you better? Practicing, conditioning. Am I right or wrong? You Man, you're right. I mean, like, just like anything, I mean, anything in life, it's success. It's not overnight. Right. It's it, hard work, man. No, it, there's no shortcut to any of this stuff. And do, you, and do you think, I mean, do, like like today's, you know, whether they're college kids or young kids, I mean, do you think there's a shift where it's it's really all about these games and we're trying to reteach them that it's about the process? I mean, so, yeah, I kind of, you know, me personally, I'm not one for the whole AAU circuit and, and those kinds of things unless it's taught the right way, in which it can be. Um, obviously just like anything else there's the, the good and the bad right the good bad and the ugly so with youth sports it's a i think it's a unique challenge nowadays because kids are exposed to everything uh at the click of a finger we have the world at our thumbs right so kids are getting trophies ever since they're younger and parents kind of whatever it may be live vicariously through their kids i'm not really sure but they have these high expectations for their son or daughter like right off the bat and it's like hey man you know you just gotta believe that like first off your kids gotta love it in my eyes or else nothing's gonna play out um you can't force somebody to do something because then eventually it's just gonna break them right so you gotta say your kid loves basketball and he wants to do it like it may take a little bit more for that person to click. Like everybody learns differently in a school setting. So who's to say they're not going to learn differently from a sports setting? You know what I'm saying? So some people get things right away. Like you've seen, you've been at the gym with Jordan and I like all the time, man. Some we teach a kid like Aiden and he gets it. Boom. You can teach him one thing one time and he's got it. But you have to teach another kid, another athlete for, you know, 30 day transformations to get some of those things. Like it's ridiculous, right? right? Like, it's not bad, but it's like, wow, I don't understand. Like, some kids grasp it and some don't. Right. So, when it comes, so, you know, touching back to, like, sports and games and stuff, the most important thing to me is go get better. Like, it's not all about being seen. Okay. And I've that's what the, the exposure is get my kid in these leagues and play all these games in front of all these people. Like, look what my kid can do. The average time someone has their ball basketball in their hands let's put it this way when clay thompson scores 60 points off 11 dribbles i think he touched the ball i think he had the ball in his possession for like it was like 
under six. It was like around sixty seconds. In a yeah, game. it was like one, so one gonna, minute. So, right. So, I like to use that statistic. Like that's a tangible thing because now we can t- t- tell our kids. It's like, hey, you go to a game. How how much do you think you have a basketball in your hands? Like I always ask that question at camps I work. Like, how much do you think the best kid on your team has a ball in their hands? Twenty minutes. I'm like, okay, well, when if Clay Thompson has the ball in his hands for a minute, you are not having the ball for, like, you might have the ball for like two minutes. So what can you do in those two minutes? Or go work out with a trainer, a parent, a friend by yourself. YouTube's like everything. Go work out outside for an hour the right way, and look how many reps you're gonna get. And then you know years and years of developing your skill. Then go, then go play. I'm all for it. That's kind of, I, yeah, that's me, man. That's where I stand on that. Hey, you know, we can just end the interview now and drop the mic if you want. Because that was just <laughs> straight knowledge, bro. There, there you go. Straight knowledge. Everybody needs to go follow Tony Vesturo because he just dropped crazy knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was great. Hey, that's just beat, that's it just gets great. It's over harmony, man. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm hearing you, man. I'm feeling it. So, so okay. So you guys, let's get back to what we were talking about. So you 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 go. You guys go in twenty fourteen. You you you're at UCF. You guys go to the tourney. You lose, but that's obviously a high moment, um, which is awesome. But then you guys get let go, like you said. You got fired. The the whole organization. Your guys is um, you know, from the coaching staff. Everybody just gets let go, right? That's just how it gets right. done. Okay, so no big deal. You're still young. You you get you get let go, so what next? I mean, you you moved to San Diego, which is crazy. From Florida to San Diego, like you just picked up and moved, right? Right. Okay. Right. And then you ended up at in Newport at Jordan Lolly's facility, and how was that? Man, you want to talk about time of your life? Get in the gym with that guy. You've seen it firsthand. Um, there's a couple of rare people in this world, man, when that are like masters at their craft and, and he's one of them um he's an you know, amazing in, person he, he is so you know i've just i've always been a go-getter and, and you know people are okay with being comfortable nowadays and i just don't think and everyone knows like that's not the way for growth man so like like i picked up from chicago and went to florida and everyone was like what are you gonna do like boom this like worrying i'm like i'll be fine i'll figure it out right. i have the same mindset of going to california i picked up like and obviously it's a little different i'm a little older you know now i'm 24 years old and I pick up and I go out there and everyone's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, man, I'll figure it out. And you know, with good people around you and you surrounding yourself and with the right people and, you know, like-minded individuals and those kinds of things. One of my friends pointed me to one of my really good friends who was a GA at Long Beach was like, Hey man, you, you know, you're going to get on the trainer side of things. You should just check out this guy. He called him the shoe guy, the sneaker guy. He's like, he, Jordan Lolly. And I'm like, all right. So I just reached out to J law B ball. Right. Right. Jordan Lolly, if you don't know who the guy is, man, he's some, like we said, he's something special. He's very welcoming. He, he loves to have anybody come in and pick his brain and those kinds of things. So, you know, I started to go see Jordan up in October-ish or whatever it was of 2016 and would work his camps down in San Diego. And, you know, that's where we met and those kinds of things. And, man, we just, our personalities just clicked and we just kind of went back and forth with ideas and we just kind of realized, hey, man, we could do something special together. Um, and so being able to work around him like he does a really amazing job at making you feel empowered okay so my you know being 
at a low being at the bottom of the totem pole so to speak in a division one program you know you don't really have a voice um you get to learn a lot you get to do a lot with the players you get to put like when practice comes and film sessions those kinds of things you don't really get to say much right so you're kind of just right. you're a sponge man you soak it all in jordan's like no i want you to like if you're talking then i know you're comfortable and you know what you're saying like you're not gonna you're not gonna start teaching things if you don't know what you're talking about right so i'm like okay and so kind of just put it in like a perspective for you from like a business standpoint what's more valuable dre if i if i have a ferrari and i drive it myself or i have a rolls royce and someone drives it for me what's more what costs more money oh uh, having someone drive it for you having someone drive a rolls royce for you that's five hundred thousand dollar car yeah so like double the value jordan's has that mindset of hey man i'm gonna make the people around me and under me you know as valuable and as great as i can be and so i know what that's going to do for you know my business my brand and everything around me so to speak and and the value that it helps add to his clients you know what i mean so man he did an amazing job of taking me under his wing and just teaching me the ropes from the get-go like i said our personalities are and, and our ideals and morals and everything are just very compatible with each other and so um and we just clicked and he trusted me with his clientele and he trusted me to have a voice and everything. And, I, and it was an unbelievable experience. My growth in about, I think I worked with him up in that area, the Newport beach area for about eight months. And I just have never felt more confident in what I was doing. And, uh, you know, my IQ just was out of the roof and my, you know, the relationships I built while I was there was just unbelievable. So, Oh, I, I totally yeah. agree. I mean, I go once a week, sometimes twice a week. And sometimes I don't bring my son. Um, and when he goes, it's a bonus because he learns. But when I go, I am learning something new every day. I'm learning more IQ or there's stuff that I know, but I learn new terminology or I, I get a better breakdown from another perspective of a drill. It's absolutely amazing. It really is. Uh, right. I soak it in. You know, I mean... Uh, I'm blessed that he lets me in all the time, you know, um, hopefully I'll be soon certified under the J-Law B-Wall family, but I do enjoy assisting with the J-Law family, and I, I can, I, if it was up to me, I would go every day. <laughs> right, hey, it's tough, it's tough living where you live, man, I trust me, I did that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a, like you said, it's an amazing, it's a great time, it's, it's, it's nothing but positive energy. There's a lot of goofing off going on as well behind those doors, and you know that. Yes. <laughs> it's great stuff, man. Yeah, it is. So, I mean, you're there, right? You're you're obviously you're there. You're you're working. What was like? You're in that gym. You're in that daily grind. Who stood out the most in eight months? The hardest worker you ever seen. Like some of like a I mean as a player. I was about to say, Jordan Lawley, man. Dude well, grinds. Yo, no, 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 no. I know he grinds. No, I'm talking right, like right, a, right. a okay. certain individual. Like someone that maybe goes sees him on a regular basis or someone that goes and sees him once a week or something. Like, you just see this person. You're like, man, this person grinds. Um, Man, there's a lot, but there's two that really stick out to me. Um, 
And that would be, and there's a reason why they're at the NBA level, and that is Will Bynum and Michael Carter-Williams. Um, the way that they their approach and the way that they train every single day is just unbelievable, man. Like, being around that, I was like, like I remember when MC Dub walked in the gym at first, I was like, he almost made me feel, like, nervous with the way he was going. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, damn, this guy is like, okay, I understand why the success he's had. Like, all because the way he works. And so, they get in the gym, and it's no joke. Uh, I got this quote from somebody, a mentor of mine. He used to always tell me, how you do anything is how you do everything, right? It's very simple, but it's very impactful to me. Absolutely, and, I love it. And, and Will Bynum, okay, Chicago kid, he's played in the league for, what, 10 years now, about? Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing guy, brings two younger kids out with him to work out. Two really good basketball players during the ninth grade out in Chicago, both going to be probably Division One basketball players. Okay, that's great. They're going through the exact same workout, right? We stopped probably about, I'd say, maybe 30 minutes into the workout. They're like, they're sweating, but, you know, like whatever, they're going through one of Jordan's workouts. They're intensive. There's, you know, no rest, this, that, the other thing, right? Will Bynum is drenched in sweat, man. And I mean, like, it looks disgusting, right? And I'm like, wait a minute. They're doing this. But, it, like, dude, it's hilarious. But I'm like, because, like, I sweat all the time. So, like, I, when I, I start moving, I sweat like crazy. So, I'm like, I can relate. But this dude's on another level. Like, he just jumped out of the pool, homie. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. He's doing the same, work- He's doing the same workout as them. But what you don't realize is they make every rep perfect. Right, so it didn't matter. Like he was doing the exact same workout. Now we're talking to NBA guy. Now we can relate to high school kids, whatever grade you may be, all over the country. Whoever's listening to this, they're not doing anything special. They're not doing anything different. They're just doing it better than you. Okay, he's doing the exact same workout, and he goes through a rep as hard as he can. Basketball's flying across the gym. He's trying to he's trying to go between the legs. We're doing this footwork, right? Quick footwork, boom, boom. He's losing the ball. He's pounding it so hard. Basketball goes flying. Don't care. Give me another one. Boom, boom, boom. Not afraid to make mistakes. He'll mess up like four or five times until he gets it the way he wants it, at the speed that he feels comfortable enough that he's uncomfortable. Now yeah. he's pushing himself, and he's doing this. He's going at such an uncomfortable speed, and he's only allowing his body to get accustomed to that. Oh, I so, love you know, that. Like, so you know what I'm saying? Like it's oh, like yeah. he hit me with that, or like I saw him, and we we I, we stopped the workout. I said to those kids, I'm like, yo, he's not doing anything differently than you, but he's just killing you right now. Like, like if there's a scout in the gym or like, a co- you know, like a coach and y'all three were the same age, like hands down, this dude is getting picked every one million percent of the time. Like it's not even a question. It's all so, about, yeah, it's all about living in that uncomfortable zone. You know, I tell my son that all the time. 